Welcome everybody to the Real Shh Podcast with your host, Mr. Wills. So welcome to my weekly Premier League preview show. Obviously last week there was international football, but now we're back with a bang. And don't we all miss the Premier League? International football just ain't the same. So let's get into the first game. The first game is Liverpool versus Everton, a Merseyside derby. Liverpool are 4th with 17 points. Everton are 16th with 7 points. Obviously, points are out the window in these type of games. It's a derby. But the record at Anfield for Everton ain't great. On a positive note, they're coming off a positive result in the last game. Where they're slowly playing to their strengths. And their strengths is basically working off the target man up front. And playing with a level of intensity. For Liverpool, they've had a tough run of games. They're well in the league. If they won this game, they would go jump top before the other teams play each other. So, that would be a great start to the season. They still ain't played Sheffield. They still ain't played Luton. They still ain't played Burnley. So, you you can see see what I'm trying to say. They'll be right in the title race. I expect them to get the job done today. And I expect it to be quite comfortable, to be honest. Because Everton have got a feeling of folding. And the thing is... Against Liverpool, like I said, if you don't score a couple of goals against them, they're going to beat you. The firepower, like I always talk about, the firepower. It's just, if one don't get you, the other one will get you. Yes, they're vulnerable at the back, but you have to score several goals to look to get a result against Liverpool. So to me, my prediction is 3-1 Liverpool. And the key man, Mohamed Salah. The next game, Saturday. 3 o'clock. Brentford versus Burnley. Brentford are 15th with 7 points. Burnley are 18th with 4 points. Both teams very much need 3 points in this game. Brentford, they've started the season off quite well. They're tough to break down, but they're lacking a punch. Obviously, without Tony, I thought it might be the case. Visa and Umbermo started the season quite brightly. But like I said... It's tough to keep that up in the whole season. So right now, they are struggling to put victories on the board. They've drawn quite a lot of games and I don't think they've won at home. They'll see the game today as a chance to get on the board at home, but also some points to move up the table. Burnley, very humbling defeat against Chelsea in the last game. They're very much up and down Burnley. They're playing reasonable football. They look a threat going forward. But they're going to concede goals. And like I've said, the way the manager wants them to play is high-risk football. But have they got the players to play high-risk football? Time will tell. I don't believe this can continue for so much longer with Burnley. High-risk, the high-risk strategy with the lack of defensive nows is going to hurt them. You know, there's teams in the Premier League like Brentford where they're not really going forward attackingly, but... They've, they're keeping a good mind of knowing that they haven't got the players to go forward that will score loads of goals. So they're trying to make sure they're tight at the back also. With Burnley, they're, they're going one way. They, they think that it's like the manager believes they're going to score two, three goals a game. And in the Premier League, that's tough even for top teams to do. So it's high risk strategy and I don't think it's going to pay off. But that's his strategy and he's got to believe in it. It's a tough ask to play like that way. Young players getting to know his new system, getting to know the league, 
it's hard work. But th- like I said, this is a game where he'll think we can get out Brentford. They're not in really in good form. They're not winning many games. So you, if this is a game for him to say, yo, this is how we're going to play. They have played a lot of the top teams so far, Burnley. So this is a game where pressure is on for company, really. Because you, you, you beat Brentford, you go on the same amount of points as well. You drag them back into procedures of relegation. Big, big game. I believe that Brentford are going to win. And I think it's going to be a title affair. And I'm going for 2-1 Brentford. And I'm going to go for the star man to be Jensen. The third game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Nottingham Forest versus Luton. Nottingham Forest are 13th with 9 points. Luton are 17th with 4 points. Nottingham Forest will go into this game with a lot, a lot of confidence. The players they've brought in are starting to gel. They should have won the last game against Palace on chances created. But there was a lot of good positive signs for Forrest. A clean sheet, new players settling in, missed chances where they hope the chances start to be taken in this game. For Luton, very good performance against Tottenham, but they should really be beating Tottenham when they've got down to 10 men. So when I say it's a good performance, it's cool not taking your chances. And that's what Luton are doing a lot of. They do create little chances, but they don't take them. I don't want to say a lack of quality because that's, not really where we should go with it but they have to take the clear cut chances that come their way they'll go into this game hoping to do what they've done against Everton Forrest with the fixture list that's gone the tough the tough um, fixtures they've had they will go into this game very much hoping to claim three points but you can't just expect to turn up and win Premier League football is not like that Everton found that out against Luton you turn up expecting to beat these teams it doesn't always happen like that but so they're going to have to turn up with the right mindset the right attitude and the top players you know I had a big thing for Morgan Gibbs White at the start of the season yes he's played alright in patches but he ain't really delivering like I expect him to a player of his quality should be dominating games like this make no bones about it a player like this should be dominating games like this so it's time he steps up from Forrest once he starts to step up with Hudson Adoy, or one he's gone a bit quiet, you know, the midfield's a lot stronger now. Sangari and a couple of Brazilian the Brazilian players that brought him. They're right, they're gonna be they're gonna be at, come January come January, if all these players settle, I believe Forrest are gonna be a real problem for for any team in the league. Very balanced team they've got. For Luton, it's the same old thing. They'll keep going, they'll do what the manager asks them to do. They're in games that make no bones. They're in games and they'll hope to compete. And that's all they'll do is they'll keep competing to the end. Keep competing. Keep competing. Following the manager's instruction. And they do they do listen very much, Luton. It's fine margins in football. It's taking your chances and keeping the chances out. They'll hope to make that complete performance against Forest. They ain't going to go to Forest thinking they're going to lose. They'll believe they can go there and win. So it's going to be a good game. I believe Forrest are going to win. And I think they're going to win 3-1. And the key man, I won you. The next game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Manchester City versus Brighton. Manchester City are third with 18 points. Brighton are six with 16 points. So as you know, I like to say, it, it's a big football match. Big, big football match. Man City... 
have lost three of their last domestic games, all without Rodri. And Brighton, they've coming off a good point, 2-2 draw against Liverpool. Very, very, very intriguing game. Very intriguing how both managers are going to set up. Very intriguing how Man City are going to play with Rodri. Because like I've stated on my show before, I believe he's the, most, he's the best player in the Premier League. I'm not surprised they've been losing without him. Very interesting to see how Brighton set up with him in the team. Because obviously, it's obvious now that he's a key, key component of the Manchester City team. Very intriguing game. Haaland's very quiet. Is that because Rodri and De Bruyne ain't there? Or is that because there's a lack of service? Time will tell. With Brighton, you know what's going to happen. The manager's going to go and attack. And the one thing about defence is against Brighton. If you're playing against them, your defence is going to get worked over. If they look, if you beat them 5-2, your defence is still going to get worked over. It's the way the manager plays. They know what they're doing. Yes, they'll give you a chance. But you know it's a tough, tough game. A tough game. Very intriguing game. Like I said, I'm very intrigued to see what Bright, how Brighton set up against City. Will City be slightly unconfident? Losing them games? Or will the break do them the world of good? Anyway, I believe with Rodri coming back into positions, City will get the victory. And I think it's going to be an ent- entertaining game. And I'm going for 3-2 Manchester City. And the key man... I think Haaland's going to come back to business. The next game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Newcastle versus Crystal Palace. Newcastle at 8th with 13 points. Palace at 9th with 12 points. So a victory for either team will definitely push them nearer to the top of the league. Big game for both teams. Newcastle on a lovely little run at the minute. Playing really well. They're going about business the same way they did last season. Very, very tough team to play against. Very energetic. Quick players. Strong players. Play to how the manager wants them to play. Very disciplined. Very good team. Team is the word to describe Newcastle. Obviously with Isaac up front. He's a little bit of quality on top of that. But very good team. Palace, you know what you're going to get. They're dogged. They keep clean sheets. They're hard to break down. They're looking, for a, they're looking for a set piece or a counter-attack. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change in this game. That's the way they look to go about business in this game. Very simple. It's, I wouldn't say it's attack versus defence, but it's a team that's saying, come on, come and attack us. We've got a good goalie, two good centre-backs, two good defensive midfielders, and we're going to try and nick a little goal. It's counter-attack with Edward or a set piece. With a, a, with a set piece to try and score. Very simple. Very tough game for Newcastle because you know with Palace, they, they, they kind of, if you don't get an early goal against them, they, they, they suck your win, don't they? They, yeah, yeah, they? they make you believe you're on top, but you're not really. And then they suck it out of you and nick one. Very good game. Very intriguing game. And a game where both teams could do with three points. Anyway, I think Newcastle will win. And I think they're going to win 2-0. And I think the key man, Almiron. The next game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Bournemouth versus Wolves. Bournemouth are 19th with 3 points. Wolves are 14th with 8 points. Bournemouth, they've had a very tough start to the season with fixture list. But like I've said in my podcast before, the problem with facing hard teams 
is that if you don't pick up many points, it puts a lot of pressure when you play the other teams in the Premier League. And no game in the Premier League is easy. So now that Bournemouth have gone through this hard period of fixture list, they're getting to games where they've got to pick up points. But the people they're playing against will also see Bournemouth as an easy touch. So right now, it's a real sticky time for Bournemouth. The, the American owners have just come in. Surely they're going to accept mediocrity. They've sold. They've sat the last manager who happens to be the new manager of Wolves because they thought they could bring a manager and who could play proper football plus win. Very difficult game for Bournemouth. Very difficult situation for the manager because potentially the old manager could sack the new manager. People say, people say, oh, he ain't under no pressure. You got to win Premier League. You can't win matches in the Premier League. You know, you can't. Bournemouth have spent quite a lot of money in the summer and in January, so they can't. They can't be. Oh, they don't spend any money. They're Bournemouth. They've been spending their money and they're sitting there in 19th position on three points. And the manager, the, the old manager's coming with a Wolves team with plenty of weapons to, that can hurt Bournemouth. So this is a this is a big game for Bournemouth. I'm praying that Tyler Adams is fit for them. He's very key for them. The fact that they can't get him on the pitch is a big problem. I've said before many times, defensive midfielders in the Premier League are like gold. The best ones especially like gold. They can, they basically can turn an average team into a great team. What a defense, a great defensive midfield does, it protects the back four, while it also allows the forward players and the other midfielders to conduct the game the way they want to. They're very key in the Premier League defensive midfielders, very, very key. As you've, as you've heard me speak about Rodri. So when your key defensive midfielders out, it does leave a big hole for you, big, big hole. So hopefully he's fit. And hopefully he can turn turn around Bournemouth. For Wolves, they've been playing well all season. Yeah, they've been playing well all season. They've got great some great players. The manager's doing a good job. Obviously, I've talked about Neto. Uh, sensational player. Sensational player. If he didn't have them two injuries he's had, God knows where he'll be now. But when you're talking about potentially one of the best wingers in the world, you've, you've got to put him right up, up there. Potentially. You know, he goes past people like they're not there. It's one of the hardest things to do, dribbling past people. And he does it with absolute ease. And if you look at the assist that, he also knows how to whip crosses in for for, people, for his strikers as well. So he ain't, oh, I just go past players and don't do nothing. He has something at the end of it. Very good player. Like what Wolves are doing, they're going to turn up to Bournemouth. They're going to expect to win. You know, they're going to keep things tight with Kilman and Dawson at the back. And they're going to expect to hurt Wolves with Neto and Hwang and Kuna. You know, Hwang's quietly going about his business. Sure, he's got four to five Premier League goals. He's having a great season. Lamina, Gomez. Yeah, they've got good players, Wolves. They're going to go there very confident. Anyway, I expect Wolves to win this game. And I think they could win 3-1. And the key man, Pedro Neto. The next game, Saturday, half past five. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Chelsea 11th. On 11 points, Arsenal a second on 20 points. This is a big game. It's a London derby. Chelsea are starting to pick up good good results. And Arsenal are just coming off the Man City result. So they really need to go back to back. Firstly, Chelsea. There was nothing, nothing never too wrong with Chelsea. Just that they couldn't score. Defensively, they're always quite tight. But obviously, goal scoring was a real problem. Now they seem to be solving that problem. But the big test comes against Arsenal. Can they score and create against Arsenal? 
big question. One thing's for certain, with the forward line I've got, it's young, it's mobile and it's quick. And all three of them things cause problems to any team in the Premier League. That's a good start. That's a good basics of start for Chelsea. In midfield, they will never, ever be boss, Chelsea. I'm telling you now, with a midfielder, Casado, Enzo, Conor Gallagher, Chelsea will never, ever be bossed out in midfield. That midfield's too energetic, too cute, too classy, too physical. Obviously, it's like might lack a bit of guile, but Enzo's about the guile. But everything else, you know, and defensively, like I've said, they're quite tight. Regards Arsenal, great res- result against City. That's joint top. Would they take a point against Chelsea? They might do. Would they really make a statement if they went to Stamford Bridge and won? Big statement. I really do believe they could do it, but there's something about their forward lines that ain't just clicking at the moment. The good news for Arsenal is that Martinelli come on and scored against Man City. And obviously Saka, he's not been playing in, you know, for a couple of weeks and he's rested. And the bad news for the Premier League is Saka doesn't usually get any rest. So how is he going to come back with a rest? So that's an interesting thing. Will his momentum stop or will he love the fact he's had a couple of weeks off and he's ready to cause some serious damage? Very intriguing in game, this. Very intriguing. Very much looking to see how it goes, how it plays out. Because it, even though Chelsea are 11th, Chelsea's squad isn't no 11th in the Premier League squad. Let me tell you that for now. You know, this is a tough game for both teams. Anyway, I've got to give my opinion on the score sheet and I'm going for a draw. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw and the key man, Gabriel Jesus. The next game, Saturday... 8 o'clock, Sheffield United versus Manchester United. Sheffield United are 20th with 1 point. Man United are 10th with 12 points. So this is a big game for both teams. For Sheffield United, can they gain some momentum? Because right now, they've got no momentum. They feel like they're just there for everyone to beat. And the worst thing is, this: I actually think they've started the season off quite well. I think they were doing quite well before the, the 8-0 beating from Newcastle but confidence must be very low must be very very low I wouldn't know how to start with Sheffield United right now if I was the manager obviously you've got to be positive you've got to do the right things keep the basics up but confidence in football is such a big thing and if the players believe they're going into games when they're going to lose that's even worse and I believe that's where Sheffield United are I just always believe that Sheffield United you know the players at the back they've got, it's just not Premier League level, unfortunately. The midfield, you know, losing Sander Berger and couple it's their big blows. Forward line, they're not so bad, but the defence in the midfield, unfortunately, on the, on the show, we don't like to disrespect any players. I don't believe it's Premier League quality. But obviously, you know, what I will say is that there's such thing as upsets. Upsets can happen. It's football. Has the manager got them organised? Has he gained a little bit of confidence in some of the lads? These are the questions from the two weeks that hopefully he would be able to answer. Regards Man United, Man United haven't played a good game all season. A big stat that I need to get out there is that no Man United striker has scored in nine goal Premier League games this season. So whoever's playing up front in the Premier League is not getting any goals. Is that because the strikers are not very good? Because at the start of the season, oh, Rashford can't play up front. Then Martial had a few games. Now Holland's been playing up there. Or is the service so bad? I believe the service is 
absolutely diabolical at Man United. These strikers ain't getting no service. No crosses in, no whip, you know, pullbacks, no through balls. The service is diabolical. So if I'm the manager, I'm looking to improve the build-up play so these strikers can get, get more chances to score goals. Because the strikers, obviously, they, they, live, and br- they live and die by, by goals, don't they? But they also need to, you know, look at Haaland. If the, if the chances ain't getting created, he ain't going to score. You know, so it's the same at Man United. The, they, we, we need to find an identity to get the us to create more chances. To me, that's the biggest thing the manager can do. Obviously, keeping things tight at the back. I strongly believe that Maguire should always play now. Now, Man United fans can say what they want. For me, Maguire has to always play for Man United now. I've thought about it and I've thought about it. And the, the truth of the matter is, he's the only one in the, who's physically able to challenge for, for balls in the air. And as you've seen with the McTominay second goal, he also can help a score set pieces. So for me, it's Maguire and another. And that's the consistency. Because Varane, unfortunately, he's a walking he's a walking injury, isn't he? Top player, has been a great player. But can you really bank on Rafa Varane when he's always getting injured? There's no consistency there. Thing with Maguire is reliable, he's always fit and he's always ready to play. Play him now and, and play him next to somebody. Martinez ain't there, Varane's been injured, play Maguire, play one another next to him and then take it from there. But at least you know that set pieces wise, you've got somebody who can challenge for the ball. Anyway, on to the result. I'm going for a 3-0 Man United win and the key man, I'm going to go with Hoyland. The next game. Sunday, 4 o'clock. Aston Villa versus West Ham. Aston Villa 5th with 16 points. West Ham a 7th with 14 points. So this is a big game for both teams. A victory for either team will make sure they don't lose ground on the top teams. So it's a big game. Villa come into this game in good form. Very good form in the Premier League. They look very strong. They've had a lot of injuries to contend with. But the squad depth is quite good. The attributes of all their players are absolutely perfect for the Premier League. Fast, physical, intelligent football players Aston Villa's got. Not top, 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 but all of them I say six and a half, seven out of ten. And all of them, pretty much all of them in the peak of their powers, which does help as well. So Villa really, like I've said before, really a team to watch out for. West Ham also. Signed a lot of good players. I do feel like they're playing a little bit negative. But on top of that, you look at their bench. Kudos comes off the bench. Ings on the bench. They've got options as well. So, like I've said with West Ham before, maybe he only sets up that way against the top teams and he's going to try and adapt his style against other teams. And that'd be nice to see because they've got some top players as well, West Ham. This is a game where you've got both teams have got very good players in it. Very good player. Zuma at the back. Kamara, Louise for Villa. McGinn for Villa. You know, Watkins for Villa. Bowen for West Ham. Pakata for West Ham. A lot of good players on both teams, yeah? So it should be a good game. I'm not expecting a good game as well. And if you t- I'm going to tell you the result. It's going to be tight affair. But I'm going to go over home win. And I'm going 2-1 Aston Villa. And the key man, I'm going for... Oh, it has to be Ollie Watkins, doesn't it? 
the next and final game of the weekend, Monday night, 8 o'clock kickoff, Tottenham versus Fulham, a London derby. Tottenham are first with 20 points, Fulham are 12th with 11th. Tottenham had a great start to the season. The last victory against Luton pretty much summed up how Tottenham are going about business. They're down to 10 men for nearly 55, 60 minutes, but they still grinded out a 1-0 victory. Absolutely tremendous victory that was. Yes, they're playing against Luton, but they're still down to 10 men. A year or two ago, Tottenham definitely would have definitely would have went under. So whatever's going on there, you have to give them full credit for. They're very tight at the back. You've got to give credit to, you know, you think they've got a new goalie, the right back come in January, the left back's superb, and they've got the left-hand side um, centre-back Dutch player. And then you've got Romero, World Cup winner. Now you're looking at a back four, back five that is pretty young, a lot to lot to learn, but also got a lot of talent in it. And they're doing very well. So you've got to give them full credit and the manager. Going forward, they're always a threat with Son, Madison, Kuliseski, always a threat. I think this is a game they'd fancy to win and they expect to win. And a couple of seasons ago, you'd say, yo, Fulham would be tough opposition for Tottenham. They might, but I just got... And I still think they're going to be, but I just think that Tottenham now, they've only got one game a week. And now that they're playing on a Monday night, they've got extra days to put in the training. So the people coming back from international duty, they've still got a couple of days to recover. For those flying from Argentina and South Korea, they've got time to recover, get back and not feel so jet-lagged. Perfect for them. Absolutely perfect. The Spurs fans are really on it. They're really buoyant about the season. This is going to be a tough game for Fulham. Fulham, on the other hand, they're grinding away. They've got 11 points. This is where I'd expect them to be. They're sort of rebuilding Fulham. They've lost Mitrovic. They've, you know, but they're, they're, they're about where I expect them to be. And, you know, Fulham over the last couple of seasons, last 10 years, they've been a yo-yo club. One minute up, one minute down. So that's not a bad thing for me to say. Can they go and Tottenham and win? Of course they can. They've got the players. You know, I do believe it depends on the, how the manager goes about it. You know, Tim Ream over Bassi. I think I said Bassi now has to start. Vinicius needs to be given a more of a run up front. You've got Will I Am. You've got Diva Corder Reed. You know, you've got Harry Wilson. Let these players go out there and express themselves. Still will be a tough game for Tottenham. Still will be a very tough game. Fulham won't just go there and lie down. They've gone to Arsenal and give them a tough game. They don't play like that. The manager sets them up quite well. He knows what he's doing. Tough game. But like I said, I expect Tottenham to win. It'll be a tough game. And I'm going to go with 3-1 Tottenham. And the key man, I'm going to go with Son. Thanks for listening to my weekly Premier League preview show. If you like what you hear, leave some comments down below or find me on Instagram. Please keep supporting me. Keep keep supporting the real shh. Thank you very much and goodbye.